0: Yo, yo 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 yo! Hey, welcome to the Straight Sports Podcast. We're your hosts Tushar and Joshua. In this podcast, we will give our opinions on our favorite sports, which are basketball, soccer, and wrestling. All right, so let's get to the topics. Number one:
1: top ten players in the current NBA. Go.
0: Ooh, this is a tough topic. You know, when it, when it, when we're talking about the top ten players in the NBA, it's hard to tell who are the top ten. There's so many great players in the NBA, yeah. but the person that I have at number one, shout out to Danny. And Brandon, they're going to disagree because they have LeBron James as the best player in the world currently. But I I don't have LeBron James as the best player in the world right now. To me, the best player in the world right now is Kevin Durant. He's number Mm -hmm. one. And the reason is he came off a catastrophic injury. He didn't play for 552 days. Yeah. Then he comes in his first game and he played good. And then you see through the season, his stat line, he played 35 games. He averaged 26.9 points. 53.7% Mm-hmm. Fifty-three point seven percent field goal, mm-hmm. forty-five point zero field goal percentage from the three, average seven point one rebounds, five point six assist. He was phenomenal. You know, a guy mm-hmm. who comes off that catastrophic injury and in to play to still maybe to that level, even better. Oh, that's just that's just he just he he surprised everybody because usually when you have yeah. an injury like an Achilles injury, you don't come back the same player you were, and mm-hmm. he didn't come back the same. He came back even better.
1: Yeah.
0: Then let's look at his playoff stats: average thirty-four point three points, nine point three rebounds, and four point four assists in twelve games in the two thousand twenty-one playoffs. That is a staggering stat line. And then let's go when uh, to the to the Bucks series. Kyrie's out. James Harden's on one leg. Game five. Kevin Durant dropped forty-nine points, yeah. seventeen rebounds, Big and ten game. assists. That is crazy. That's like a triple-double to an extreme level. (laughs) Then game seven, James Harden's still there, but he's on one leg. It's basically KD do everything. Drop 48 points, nine rebounds, six assists. And in game five, he had a clutch shot to give them a four-point lead. And then in game seven, people said, like, if his shoe size was, like, one less, they probably—that would have counted as a three.
1: And (laughs) And I thought that was game.
0: And (laughs) then next thing you know, the Nets are— NBA champions because I believe they beat Atlanta. And with Clippers being injured, I believe they could be Phoenix because Kevin Durant, to me, why I have him at number one? He's the most unguardable player on the planet. You know, one-on-one, nobody can guard him. He can shoot over you. Yeah, He's a sniper. And the only way to guard him is you hope he misses. That's really the only way. (laughs) Like, that's crazy to think think about, but he's just so great. Like, it's like, okay, just please miss, please. But (laughs) Kevin Durant is the best player in the world due to those uh, those things that I just stated, and um, that's why I have him at number one. Yeah. Number two. Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I think why? I think he's the he's the reigning Finals MVP. You know, I got a mm-hmm. he he is the defending NBA champion. You know, before he got injured, he had a stat line of thirty point two points, twelve point eight rebounds, five point one assist. Really good numbers, yeah. And people were thinking, like, oh, you know, like, I think a lot of people are just thinking, oh, he had an elite finals. No, his whole playoffs was great. Yeah. You know, they were down 0-2 against the Nets. Yes, the Nets were injured, and potentially that's how they came back because I believe the Nets were healthy. I think the Nets would have won the series. Mm-hmm. But still, for him, you know, being down 3-2 to win a game six and then game seven in Kevin Durant's house in Barclay to drop 40 points and 13 rebounds, that's a, that's what big-time players do. Yeah, and. And if he didn't do that you know we're, we're you know we're talking about the Nets winning the championship that that's just how mm-hmm. it is and down 02 twice you know um against in the finals he averaged 35.2 points 13.2 rebounds and five assists he you know in a game six 50 points 14 rebounds and five blocks against the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. I never seen a closeout game that good to win a championship yeah. Yeah, so it special. it was clear that he really just he wanted to win that championship so bad. Um, he came back after he came back from a severe injury. A lot of people probably thought, you know, when he got hurt in Game Four against the Hawks, a lot of people probably thought it was like, oh, he's not coming back this year. No, he yeah. came back and he dominated. He had big plays in the finals. Game Five, a big dunk. One of those, I believe, I'm not sure it was either. I think it was Game Four. He blocked DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that
1: was a special that was a special that was a special block.
0: block. Uh, in Game Six. You know, he was, uh, he was sensational. He didn't miss any free throw. So that's why I have him at number two, number three, LeBron James, you know, and this is no disrespect on LeBron. You know, I just, you know, looking at Katie and Giannis, I just got to give their, the, the their flowers, but LeBron James went healthy, was an MVP candidate this season.
1: Yeah,
0: He was in his, he was, he was playing in his 18th season, still was playing at a high level before he got injured. He has the longest prime. Like I don't think anybody has a longer, longer, longer prime than him in his in, in his year 17 at the age of 35 yeah he won a championship mm. that's 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 like you know he's kind of doing what well. a lot of athletes say you know when you get to this age old father time catch him no father time is not catching up to lebron james you know like yeah. even a reference like tom brady right he's winning championships above the age of 40 so these kind of athletes they're superhuman yeah and he was averaging 25 points, 7.7 rebounds, and 7.8 assists this season. But the only reason I have him at number three is due to the fact that he got hurt. If he wasn't hurt, I probably would have had him at number one.
1: Yeah,
0: Number four, and, you know, I'm not biased, you know, uh, <laughs> to let you know Danny, because I know he's going to be listening to this, and he's going to be like, <laughs> you're being biased, but no, I'm not being biased. Kawhi Leonard is number four on my list. Let's not forget before he got injured, he was averaging 32.1 points, 7.9 rebounds, 4.6 assists against the Dallas Mavericks, shooting a staggering 61.2%. Down 0-2, people said, I was hearing things online. It's time for them to pack up and move to Seattle. I was hearing something <laughs> like that because they were down 0-2, but I believe that the Clippers could get it done because they had the squad to do it. Game three, Kawhi dropped 36 they were also down, I think, 11 to 30. So you, you would probably think, oh, it's Dallas is going to go up 3-0. This probably would be a sweep. Nope, they didn't give up. They showed resilience. They won game three. Game four, Kawhi dropped 29. It was a blowout in Dallas. Game five, Kawhi had a bad game. They lost by, like, a few points. Yeah. Game six, down 3-2. If they lose, we're talking about the Clippers rebuilding. Drops 45, sure. clutch shot after clutch shot, and they win game six. And he had 45 points in game six. That's like a LeBron James type of... Game six, where he dropped yeah. 45 against the Celtics. And and then game seven, he almost had a triple-double. They win the game, they advance. In his 11 games in the playoffs, he averaged 30.4 points, 7.7 rebounds, and 4.4 assists in 11 games in the 2021 NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. That is a staggering stat line. Before he got hurt, he was a top five player in the world. And if he's healthy, I think we can agree that he's a top five player in the world. Yeah, Number five, I'm going with Steph Curry. I mm-hmm. mean, he finished second in MVP voting. He won the scoring title. He averaged 32 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 5.8 assists this season. They were guarding him like one on four. Like the whole game yeah. we're watching. And I'm like, oh, Curry's guaranteed guarding like one on four. And he's still able to score.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He didn't make the playoffs. But if he had Clay, you know, we're talking about Golden State making some real noise in the playoffs. Yeah. They, they are a title contending team if Clay's healthy. I mean, the West is tough, you know. You can't just be one MVP caliber player. You need help, and you know Draymond was good, but he didn't really have a guy like okay, he can drop thirty every night. Clay was that kind of guy. He dropped yeah. sixty, barely dribbling. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I have him at number five. Number six, I gotta go with the the MVP this season, the Joker mm. Nikola Jokic, and yeah. you know he was, you know he was special, you know this season he deserved. The MVP award, you know, without Jamal Murray in the postseason, yeah. he averaged 33 points, 10.5 rebounds and 4.5 assists in six games against the Trailblazers in the first round of the playoff. That's impressive because I thought the Trailblazers were going to win. I know you said that Denver was going to win, yeah. but still for Portland to be relatively healthy, they still have CJ, they have Dame, you know, they have Melo, they have Nursich, they had everybody, you know. And for Denver to pull this off with I missing Jamal Murray, their second best player, and winning six games, that's impressive. That speaks to, uh, you know, the whole Denver team. Everybody stepped up, but that speaks to Joker, yeah. his his greatness. And that's why I have him at number six because I was shocked that he won the first one. I know they were the third seed, but they were injured. You know, like Jamal Murray is a big part of that team.
1: Yeah,
0: And that's why I have him at number six. Number seven, I got to go with Joel Embiid. I think, you know, yes, he's injury prone. He has that. But he finished top three in MVP. He probably would have won the MVP award had he not got hurt. Yeah. Um, he averaged 28.5 points and 10.6 rebounds. I mean, he was, you know, I give him all the flowers in the world. I know the Sixers got out early. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not trying to sound rude, but I was happy because I have a friend. He's a Ben Simmons fan. His name <laughs> is Brandon. And he um he was he was out here saying that Ben Simmons is better than Jason Tatum. And uh at least he knows now that Ben Simmons is uh He's overrated. Do you agree on that?
1: Yes. And I mean, I think he's been overrated for a long time, but
0: you know, that's I not agree the story. too. Uh he's been he's been overrated for a long time. So I'm happy that Philly lost. You know, I love Philly fans, you know. Uh but um I'm just I'm not a fan of Ben Simmons because of my friend. And they got out in the second round because a a guy passed
1: the ball when he had a dunk.
0: Like open dunk. That's by crazy. The way. Open <laughs> over Trey
1: Young. <laughs> <laughs> over Trey Young. He's probably a foot taller than.
0: Yeah, that is true. But you know, jokes aside, I have a lot of respect for Philly. I'm just I mm-hmm. like clowning my friend, but um <laughs> Joan B, that's the reason he was still phenomenal. He was playing injured in the playoffs and he was still dominating, mm-hmm. right? So Joan B is he he has to be number seven. Number eight, I gotta go with the guy who made me scratch my head while watching Clippers games in the first round. Luka doncic He was mm-hmm. scaring me because I was like, yep. the Clippers might be moving to Seattle. <laughs> Had the Clippers down 0-2, average 35.7 points, 10 point three assists, and 7.9 rebounds in seven games in the 2021 NBA playoffs. He made the Clippers look like frauds on the defense end. People were yeah. talking about wait, are the Clippers just a name or can they actually guard, right? Because <laughs> Kawhi was on him, Luka got his way. Paul George was on him, yeah. Luka got his way. Marcus Morris on him, Luka got his way. They Patrick Beverly had to get off the starting lineup because of how bad Luka was cooking him and poor Patrick Beverly yeah. now is in Minnesota. Uh, but they got a good team there in Minnesota, but Luca made them look real bad, had them down 0-2, but the greatness of Kawhi and PG, if Kawhi and PG did not, Kawhi didn't play to that level and PG, you know, the Clippers probably would have been out, but yeah. Clippers still got the job done. And also, Luka Dantich in the Olympics got his team to the semifinals, a team in Slovenia who's never qualified with Luka, qualified and got to the semifinals, and he yeah. averaged 28.3 points and 10.7 rebounds in Tokyo. That's impressive, you know. That's a small country, you know, and for him to do that, you know, even if he didn't get any medals, top four is a special thing for that country. He He, yeah. he made them proud, and I'm... T- I wouldn't one day I think he's definitely gonna win a medal with the Olympic yeah,
1: team. I agree.
0: Number nine, I'm gonna go with James Harden. And I think it's because, you know, me having him at number nine, a lot of people might think, wait, why you have him at number nine? Is because, you know, he got hurt, you know? Yeah. But when healthy, you know, he's arguably top five, right? But since he got hurt, I had to put him down in the list, but before he got hurt, he was in the MVP discussion, averaged 24.6 points, 7.9 rebounds, 10.8 yeah. assists. Like I said, he was playing at a very high level until he got hurt. Um, he, I think he was playing the best basketball of his career. The passing, he was taking it to another level. He looked like one of the best. I think, if not, he was the best passer in the league last year. Yeah. He's still, you know, next year, Brooklyn's going to be real scary. I mean, for a lot of people, they're the favorites to win the championship, and James Harden is the point guard? He looks like the point guard at that team, and it makes sense. So I have him at number nine. Number ten, I'm gonna go with Dame Lillard, and I think it's mm. because you know he has he's first in the league in clutch points with four point yeah. seven. Um, you know in in the playoffs he averaged thirty four point three points, ten point two assists, and four point three rebounds in six games in the 2021 NBA playoffs. You know, even though his team got early, it's because I feel like you know he doesn't really have help, but he's been phenomenal. I mean, clutch—he's one of the most clutchest players in the NBA. I think yeah. he was the clutchest player. And look at the stat line. Look at game one against Denver. Dropped thirty four. Had five threes. Game two he dropped forty two, but they lost. He dropped forty two. Yeah. Game three he dropped thirty seven. They lost. Game four mm-hmm. he, he that was his worst game of the of the series. He had ten only, but they won. Game five dropped fifty five. I think we all remember that game where he was hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. And but yeah. Portland still lost. Like whoa! And then Game six, he dropped twenty eight. He was phenomenal at playoffs. I just think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But I think you know yeah, he's going so to, if he wants to win a championship, he's yes, going to yeah. have to leave. You know, Portland fans might not like what I'm saying right now, but I wanted I want to see Damon a chance to compete for a championship. And yeah. I don't think you know with the acquisitions they made, you know I don't I definitely don't think they're in any contention of competing for a championship. Yeah. I so agree. those are my top ten. So what are your top ten?
1: I mean, there are some similarities between our lists. One, I agree is Kevin Durant, easily the best scorer in the league. And has been one of the best scorers for the past what, five or six years, maybe longer. I feel like he's unguardable. can't be stopped. Even the best defender in the league, which I think is Kawhi, cannot stick him. We can't guard him. That goes to show that he's just a special player. Two, I don't think Giannis is too I have to give it to LeBron. I mean LeBron has been, like you said, he hasn't Left his prime yet? He's been in his prime for his whole career. I feel like he's getting better with age, almost. And I just think that he's a he's a talent, and I feel like he's one of the best in the league at almost everything: scoring, passing, arguably you could say defending. He's a he's a clutch defender. Now,
0: and I'm not mad at that list. You know, LeBron at two is yeah, I yeah. have no problem. I just want to give Giannis his respects and, and Katie. Yeah. We at least we both agree that Katie's the best player in the world. But yeah, yeah, yeah. continue.
1: Yeah, i be Giannis at three. He was Finals MVP. He did have a great run, but I feel like a lot of that was because of injury. And I don't want to say that. Like, I'm not gonna like try to discredit him, but I feel like there's always some luck and I feel like he had that and that's why he won.
0: Definitely, definitely. If the health if the Nets were healthy, you know, I mean we're not he's not yeah. going past the Nets. Uh, but he did win the championship, but he he's yeah. proved when he plays to his strengths, man, you can't guard him. He's very dominant. Yeah,
1: he is still in the top personally I've ever met three. Four is Curry. Interesting. I don't know what else can be said. Like he he won the score until last season. That was like to me one of one of his only seasons where he literally had to carry the offense. Like it was him. And he was guarded one on four. Yeah, and they still almost made it into the playoffs. So, I mean, I have to put him for that. Great talent. Still the best shooter in the league and probably will be.
0: Yeah, he's the best three point shooter. The Dame is not, we're not, we not even putting yeah, Dame on yeah, his yeah. level, right? Yeah, Dame,
1: Dame is nowhere near him. But
0: no. Dame is still, a, he's the second best, I think, uh, when it comes to shooting three. But Dame eh. is still the most clutchest player in the NBA. Maybe Clay
1: <laughs> after Clay is him. But yeah, yeah, Dame is up there, but he's nowhere near. He's not even on Curry's level. Yeah,
0: opinion, was, it, yeah. Kirby knowledge. was, he was going crazy. He yeah, yeah. dropped
1: sixty-two against Dane. <laughs> yeah, sixty-two. Statement, he didn't statement. have no KD. He didn't have no Clay. He cooked <laughs> him. Yeah. All right. Five I have Kawhi. I think he Th- is the best defender in the league. Thank you. The best two-way player in the league, and arguably one of the most efficient player in the league. That series he had against Dallas was very special. Lights out. He wasn't missing. He locked in. I feel like he did what he had to do. He did take. He did let it go to seven. And he did let Luca cook him a couple times, but I feel like at the end he clustered. They made up him look like yesterday. frauds on the defensive yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like he stepped up. Next, Jokic. I feel like Jokic, he's up there. Like I feel like I'm not sure what else you can do besides add defensively. He's still one of the best passers in the league. He's an elite scorer. He has a post game. He pretty much does all you want out of a, a top big do man you, in the league. Do you think he's the best center in the league right now? See, when I think of center, I think of like a two way player. So, I can't give him that, you know, title yet because he So, you would defend. go with Embiid? Yes. Even though I do have Embiid on the list. And I feel like he's just... I feel like he's the opposite of Rudy Gobert. If you were to put them together, like, they'd be, like, the best center ever. <laughs> like, you know? Because Rudy Gobert is just a defender.
0: Yeah. If you combine their strengths, then yeah, he's going to be, the, like best be like the best yeah, center ever. Yeah. He might. Uh, maybe you not know? ever because I can't disrespect yeah. those greats and back. Georgia. But I do agree. Like, current era, yes. But I have him as number one. Yeah. Uh, like, best center in the NBA. Yeah. Like, he's the best. He's number one at that.
1: But. Yeah. Next, I got Luca cook the Clippers. Luca Magic. And I genuinely thought, I genuinely thought that he was going to beat them in seven. Like I thought, I
0: thought he was going to win Game Six, honestly. he got me. But Hughes, you know, but he was making me bite my nails watching the game. But yeah. thank you, Kawhi, for saving me and making and my friends
1: didn't have to make fun of me. So thank you, Kawhi. <laughs> yeah. But Clippers stepped up. He, he he couldn't get it done. But I feel like he he has real potential. He will be the face of the league one day. And I feel like he's steadily climbing up the list.
0: Think about it. if he has one more star, like if he has a superstar yeah. with him, he probably could win a championship. I agree. One superstar. Give him one star. I mean, if Luke and Kawhi teamed up, whoo! We talking about three Pets. Great duo. Great duo. Maybe not three Pets, but they can win a title for sure. Yeah.
1: Next, I got Embiid. He was an MVP candidate. He is one of the best centers in the league, but I feel like his, his injury history just has to keep him low on the list. Same with some of the other players I have coming up. I feel like I can't put them higher because you never know whether they're going to have a good season or if they'll play like all the games or not, you know? So, that really took him out the MVP race was his injury. So, you know, who Definitely. Knows, you know? For sure. Next, Harden. Uh, he did have a great year. But I feel like that season the playoffs kind of like tarnished it a bit because I feel like if you're if you're out like that just don't play because it was like he was hurting them or he was helping them.
0: Yeah, when he was playing game five, six, and seven, literally, he even wasn't really like, like he
1: was helping that much. Yeah, literally just taking on minutes. He added nothing to the team. I guess his gravity is is like something that someone could attribute to him being on the floor, but I just feel like it wasn't enough. I agree. And um, ten out of AD, he's AD. He's way too injured for me. I was debating between him and Dame, but I had to put him on the list. He, he's just too yeah, talented. Yeah, I mean, when healthy, he's, he's yeah. top five. No question top about five, it. Top five, arguably. Yeah. Special injury player. prone.
0: Him and Kawhi are like the two. These guys are top five, but they're injury prone.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Let's move on to topic number two, our yeah. first part of it. So what do you think, Josh? Like this season in the NBA, which team has the most pressure going into this season?
1: I think it's the Lakers. They have this roster that they constructed. They put together every piece that LeBron wanted. He got Westbrook. He got his shooters. He got some of his old friends, even. So I feel like this is probably one of the better rosters he's had, and he has to take advantage of it. And I feel like the Lakers, it's it's a wonder bus for them because no one was really having them as like favorites before they knew Anthony Davis' injury history. And I feel like everyone had the next title to win. So I feel like this season it's is Lakers, like they have to they have to show us something. What are your thoughts on that?
0: So before I go into uh, my thoughts, I uh, just yeah. want to say one thing. My friend Danny told me that Kawhi is number 52 on these top <laughs> yeah. NBA players. Yeah. So I just want to shout it out because he's wrong. He, he <laughs> got to stop hating Kawhi as a top five player. But this season, to me, I, I agree with the Lakers one, but I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. And to me, the reason is, is because, I mean, think about the acquisition they made this offseason. They signed Tony Snell, Ben McLemore, yeah. Cody Zeller. These are not acquisitions that are going to make you compete for a championship. Dame wants to mm-hmm. compete for a championship, but he also wants to stay loyal. And yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on them because let's say they get an early exit again and, and Dame's, let's say Dame plays the whole year. Is Dame going to leave then? Is Dame like, okay, now I think it's time because I think let's say if they made it far, then Dame would, you know, change his mind on that. But since, you know, I don't personally believe they're going to make it far because, I mean, with the acquisitions they made, yeah. and this also could be a small market versus big marketing because if Dame was in LA, I mean, everybody's yeah. coming there, right? Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's why I feel like this team's under the most pressure, you know. I believe they're, they're going to get out in the first round. They're going to make the playoffs, but there's a lot of pressure on Portland because they got to keep Dame happy, and, and the way to keep Dame happy is to be yeah. winning, and this West is tough, but the acquisitions they made, nobody has them as winning the championship. Yeah, I, I, I feel for Dame. I really want him to win a title, but I, I believe he's going to have to leave Portland for that. So Portland's under the yeah, most pressure because it's to keep Dame happy. Yeah. So the next part, which player uh, do you think has the most pressure going into the season?
1: I think it's Westbrook. He's been on a couple teams in the last few years. He failed on the Thunder with Paul George. He failed with Harden. He failed with Bradley Beal. So I feel like yeah. like he has to show that he can like sacrifice his numbers, sacrifice his stats, and be that team player that we all want him to be and get that ring that we all want him to have. I feel like this is his last chance with this team, and he has to make use of his opportunity because there's not many coming for him. So I feel like he has to yeah. have a big season, a special yeah. season.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree on that. I think for me also, the player with the most pressure is Russell Westbrook. I'm saying this because you know, I think the slander that Russ faces is not fair. You know, I think about when he was with Paul George. Paul George was third in the MVP voting. Yeah, with him, I'll forget. Russ, people say, oh, you can't play with Russ. That's the notion. It's like, oh, you can't win with Russ. Paul George is top three and he had one of his best seasons of his career. With KD, KD had one of his best seasons of his career when it came to scoring. Bradley Beal had his best scoring. He scored the most points in his career playing with Russ. Russ does make players around him better. But yes, he's been hopping around a lot of different teams. So I think he has the pressure because now it's time for him to show, you know, like, no, yeah. I can win. I just need the, the right pieces. I mean, he got LeBron. He got AD if these three are healthy. Even though they're more like an older team, yeah. no, to me, that's no problem. I mean, they got shooters that can yeah. light it up from the three. They got, uh, you know, some young guys, you know, Taylor Horn, Tucker's back. They got Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. So I, I like the dynamic of this team, but Russ definitely has the most pressure because if, let's say, the Lakers have an early exit, I mean, this is all going to be put on Russ. But I, I believe the Lakers are going to the finals. Assuming the Clippers are not healthy because, you know, I, I want the Clippers yeah. to be in the finals. But I'm going to go with Russ because I think this is a time to prove. But if Russ is able to get it done, I don't want to hear the slander, you know, against him because he gets too much criticism. It's not fair. He's a yeah. great player. He Now he's in a really great position. He finally got, I think, one of the best positions of his career now yep. to win a championship. And he's going to be home. He's going to be he's gonna be excited. And and I'm happy f- uh, for him to prove those doubters wrong. Uh, so which, which coach has the most pressure going into this season?
1: I think it's Chauncey Billups. He mm-hmm. inherited a pretty bad situation. In Portland, I feel like there's not much he can do to help that team win more. And I feel like that's true. he's going to be on the hot seat because everyone's looking at him now. So I feel like he has to like pull something out the hat, like make a miracle happen for this team to go further in the playoffs because I just can't yeah, see it happening. And,
0: and keep Dame happy. That's what the franchise yeah, wants. It's tough. I, I agree with you, but I'm going to have to go with Doc Rivers. And mm. I'm going to say the reason why I'm choosing Doc Rivers, I think it's because let's think about when he was a coach with the Celtics, he won a championship, right? Then he left the Celtics due to, I think, they were rebuilding, right? I don't think he wanted to do that. He joined the Clippers. The Clippers wanted to continue to elevate and start winning. And he was great. You know, he had great regular seasons with them. But when it came to the playoffs, and this is not completely his fault, but he was part of the 3-1 uh, in the second round. Couldn't get it done. Yeah, Up 3-1 with Kawhi and PG, they couldn't get it done. He had a game, I think it was, it was 2-2, OKC Clippers. Game 5, they were up 8 with, like, some seconds left they lost the game. So he never got out the second round. Then he goes to Philly. And you think this is a fresh start from Philly's the number one seat in the East. It looks everything's yeah. looking great. We're not fully blaming Doc Rivers, but he's been part of these things where he's lost big leads or he's lost the series being up. So up two to one against the Hawks, game four, up 18, couldn't get the job done. Game five, up 26, like 26. And they lost. Game six, they were able to win. Game seven in Philly, couldn't get the job done. So like I said, I'm not blaming him, but usually coaches get the blame. So he's on the hot seat because I think if they don't make it far next year, we could be talking about Doc Rivers not being the coach of Philly anymore. Uh, Philly fans are, you know, they, they, they don't have patience. And I think that's a yeah. good thing. They want success. And it looked like this was the year the team let him down. And, and Doc Rivers is going to get scrutinized a lot for it because that's how it usually happens with coaches. So he's on the hot seat, in my opinion. This is a I very think. important season for him. And if he doesn't, um, if they don't go far, I, I do believe he's he's gone. I hope he doesn't because he's a great coach, but he has like, a bad rep on him when it comes to these like winning a series or when leading. And he hasn't got out the second round since he's left Boston. He's not got to a conference finals. he got to get to one. Uh, Next topic, what team do you think is a sleeper team, but they can make noise in the playoffs? Like, you got to watch out for them.
1: I think it's the Knicks. They made some great signings. Kemba, Evan Fournier. I feel like they're heading in the right direction. Like, they finally got to run some help alongside D-Rose. I feel like they're building like, a good culture, and I feel like they can only surprise some teams. I feel like what happened last season where Randle, in the playoffs, will not happen again this year. I feel like they, they built too well.
0: So I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I'm going to say two teams. One is the Knicks, yeah. right? And and it's because I think the Kemba Walker signing is very underrated, right? Let's not forget in 2020, the bubble season. Kemba Walker was an all-star starter. Yeah, he was. This was, I think, before the bubble happened because the bubble was just eight games in the playoffs, but he was a starter. That means ten. there's 10 guys on the court. He's one of them. He's a big-time player. Yeah. And what the Knicks had last year, and we saw it in the playoffs, was Julius Randle be big-time or Derrick Rose bail us out. That was it. Yeah, They were that built means. on defense. They had great players, but they were built on defense. When it came to offense, you saw their struggles. Randle was struggling, and Derrick Rose had to keep saving them, and they lost 4-1. And now adding Kemba, I think, is going to bring some offensive. Like, It's going to help them offensively. He can get his own shot. It's going to spread the floor for Julius Randle. It's going to make things easier for Derrick Rose. Also adding Evan Fournier, a guy who can shoot the three ball. We saw what he did in the Olympics against USA. They were able to beat a team like that. But he can shoot the three. He can drive it to the basket. He's going to be a guy who can give you more offense. That's what the Knicks are lacking. Defensively, they're solid. Tibbs is their coach. He built that identity. But offensively is where they they struggled a little bit. And now adding Kemba and Evan Fournier is going to elevate them offensively. So I'm really excited. I think this team is – people are sleeping on these acquisitions. I love these acquisitions. I think the Knicks are going to be – a shocker team, though. Just watch out for them. But I'm also going to say another team, Indiana Pacers, is also another team. I think yeah. people don't don't sleep on because Rick Carlisle is the coach of Indiana now. He he won a championship, and you can you know, and the championship that he won in Dallas, I'm not going to say it was the toughest one, but it was one of the toughest ones. I mean, I think they beat the Lakers right first, yeah. and then uh, led by Kobe, um, one of the greatest Lakers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, then they played. OKC, those those three Russ, James, and KD, yeah. those uh but at that time they were a little bit more younger, still beat him. Then that big three that was for in Miami, they yeah. they beat him. He was part of that. Special run. Special run. Um, and nobody thought they were gonna beat the Heat. That was still shocking to this day. Um, and now him going to Indiana, having Levert, who thank God, you know, we know he got traded from Brooklyn and we found out that he had this kidney cancer. He's recovered. Yeah. So I'm very happy they were able to detect that. Like they were able to find out, you know. By doing the test because he was traded and is sometimes, you know, everything happens for a reason. Now he's he's back and, and he's healthy and that's all that matters. So I'm happy. And he's a big time player. We saw what he did yeah. in the Nets when as a six man, he's a beast. now being a starter. One of those franchise caliber players. He's big time. Then you have Sabonis, all star. He's a great passer. He can score the ball in the post and he, he grabs rebounds. He's a he's a big time player. You know, and then having Michael Brogdon and, and Miles Turner, this team that they have, I think this is a team to sleep on. They're really good. They're, they have the talent, and Rick Carlos is going to be a great coach. I mean, he's yeah. a champion. He knows how to win, he's proven that already. Yeah. I like the Indiana Pacers as a team. So watch out for the Indiana Pacers and the Knicks. Those are two sleeper teams.
1: Mm. All right. Next topic. What were some of your favorite parts of Monday Night Raw? And what are some of your predictions for the SummerSlam matches?
0: Yeah. So my favorite part of Monday Night Raw,
1: you know, I, I always told you that Monday
0: Night Raw was the B show and SmackDown was the A show. Monday Night Raw, to me, sometimes, like, they always do the same matches and you, you lose yeah. interest. But the one thing that I liked about Monday Night Raw, I think, is the backbone of the show, that's carrying the show, is the formation of RK, bro. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. This formation, this pairing of a guy like Riddle, who's, like, so kind, has that nature, where Randy Orton has this viper nature, where he just turns on you whenever he wants. When he uses you, he just, like, he kind of just throws you away, that expression, just kind of like, okay... I used you already. I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I don't need you anymore. So yeah, to pair these two kind of teams, people together and, and the fans love it. You see like, like they keep chanting RK bro, RK bro. <laughs> so it's like, it's definitely like, I really liked, like when he came back and then he said, I don't want to, you know, why would I team up with you? And, and then at, at the same night for AJ Styles, uh, Matt Riddle came to help him because of Omos, the big Colossus. And, and then Matt Riddle's like come on let's let's do it and then next thing you know Randy Orton hits him on an RKO the next week uh Matt Riddle comes like oh you were teaching me you know about yeah. the RKO cuz I was doing it wrong and then he fights AJ Styles Matt Riddle and Randy leaves him and then Randy fights Omos mm. and then Matt Riddle comes to save him at the end and then Randy Orton's like you know you got you had my back and now let's let's do this right now the RKO boys bracket and they're going to fight at SummerSlam for the raw Raw Tag Team Champions against AJ Styles and Oma. So, yeah. I like this formation. It's a really good pairing. They have great chemistry. So, that was my favorite part of Monday Night Raw. My favorite part of SmackDown, like I always say, SmackDown has no flaw. This is deep. This is the show. Since, you know, <laughs> Roman Reigns came with this heel persona, man, you don't want to miss SmackDown, And especially John Cena back now.
1: I'm I mean,
0: that. you can't miss it. Like, I I don't want to miss it. I love SmackDown. Um but my favorite, my, I have two favorites. My fa- favorite part has to be the John Cena-Roman Reigns promo. I mean, they yeah. they were going at personal levels, like taking shots at each other. Um, Roman Reigns even made a shot about uh, John Cena's ex-girlfriend, which is crazy. You know, like yeah. taking a shot, like kind of using Nikki Bello. So it's, it's crazy. And then John Cena saying how you're protective. And one of the superstars, uh, whose name is John Moxley in AEW, uh, whose name was Dean Ambrose in the WWE? He says that oh, you ran him out of out of WWE, which is you know just a great, uh, great promo back and forth, and it just it just built it up even better. I was like the match is already great because of the two big names, but the promo skills they, they're both so great, and I'm, I'm excited for that. And then also the SmackDowns, with Sasha Banks and Bianca Blair, uh, the their contract signing. I think it it was my second favorite. They were they were both great, but John Cena Roman was that was that was fire. Like it was just really good. Uh, but the, Bianca Rivera and Sasha Banks, the reason I liked it as well is because, you know, they had a contract signing and, and you know, they were showing th- th- like kind of having throwing shades back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, um, then you see Zelina Vega and Carmelo come out and then it, it kind of, you know, makes it seem like this could be a faction. You know, maybe if Sasha Banks wins the SmackDown Women's Championship and Zelina and And Carmella win the tag team champions. They can have this little faction. And Sasha Banks as a heel is just so great. She's great baby face, but like she's just a natural born heel. So it was a great uh, contract signing, and then you know, and it was just it was just really cool. It's just a great build up to SummerSlam because we saw what they did at WrestleMania. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, the you know first time you know two black women's main event WrestleMania. You know that's a big thing. That's a big step. Their match was like exceeded all expectations. Now we get a part two in SummerSlam. Can't wait. Um, and now my predictions, you know, for, for SummerSlam, let's go through each match. So the first match, you know, this is the main event match, um, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Uh, this won't be the first match, you know, but just going to tell you, you know, who I think is going to win. So, you know, this is a hard one because, you know, John Cena is the most decorative WWE superstar. He's a 16 time WWE champion. If he wins one more, he's going to pass Ric Flair and he's going to, he's going to have the most all time. But it to me just doesn't make sense that John Cena was gonna win because Roman Reigns on another level. He's the head of the table. He's the tribal chief, and it just makes sense that that he's he's gonna win the match because um, John Cena right now, if he lose, if he w- wins, okay, this is yo. Know, John Cena's elevating to a high, even a higher status. He's already high, you know, like like he's high. He has a high stature in the WWE. That that's what I meant, right? Yeah. And Roman Reigns, if he loses this match, this can look bad at him he's like oh he he lost yeah. you, you know what i'm saying and now having uh, so to me john cena losing is not going to affect him as much as roman reigns so it just makes sense roman reigns on fire you know john cena is right now a part-time wwe superstar roman reigns is full-time you got to go with the guy who's on fire so i think roman reigns is gonna uh retain the universal championship yeah the next match bobby lashley versus goldberg this is if Goldberg wins, it's going to be another like Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg where Goldberg won. And, and that was so bad because Bray Wyatt now who's not, you know, he, he got released from the company. He was, he was on his characters on fire. Letting Goldberg win kind of ruined it. This is the same thing. So Bobby Lashley has to win. He's been on fire. There's no way some, you know, he's a part-timer Goldberg. He's great, but he shouldn't, you know, he, he shouldn't hold the title. Bobby Lashley yeah. needs to retain it because he's on a dominant run. It just makes the most sense. So I'm going with Bobby Lashley. Uh, the third match, uh, Nikki A.S.H. versus Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. This is tough, you know, but I'm going to go with the queen. As she says, woo! <laughs> Um, The reason I'm picking Charlotte Flair, I know Nikki A.S.H. won, and a lot of people were not expecting that because, you know, she's not really been to those, like, high WWE superstars, like, to that high level. That's what I meant. So, um She won the, you know, money in the bank. Nobody saw that coming. Then she cashed it in on Charlotte Flair and and, and she won the title, the Raw Women's Championship. But it just makes sense to put it back on Charlotte Flair. You know, she's the queen. And and maybe Becky Lynch can return. We can see a Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair matchup. It would be really, really cool. Hmm. So uh, I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair. The SmackDown Women's Championship. Ooh, part two. So excited. Bianca Blair versus Sasha Banks. This is tough. I think go 50-50. Like, I could see Bianca Blair winning because the WWE is trying to build it as the biggest baby face you know, on SmackDown for the women's division. And Sasha Banks is the heel. So if they want her to continue to elevate. She can win. But at the, at the same time, Sasha Banks, her character, you know, what she's doing, her heel persona, it makes sense to give it to her. But if I'm going to pick one, I don't know who's going to win, but I, I'm going to give it to Sasha Banks. I think she's the boss. She's the standard. She's the legit uh boss. She's the blueprint, you know, and um, yeah. her heel persona is great. And I think having her maybe, bringing Carmella and Zelina Fe- Vega and building this three together as a faction will be so cool. And I just think it's time for to give her the title. I think Bianca Blair had a great run, you know? And I think she's definitely going, always going to be a top star in the company. But you got to give it to Sasha Banks. I mean, she's just, she is the best. And Bianca Belair is great too, but I, I just think Sasha Banks is the best when it comes to the woman mm-hmm. right now. The Raw Tag Team Champions, AJ Styles and Omos versus Randy Orton and Riddle. I'm going to have to go with RK, bro. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle just make sense. You know, they the fans are behind it. To make the fans happy, you gotta let this. This is gonna be a good match. AJ Styles is one of the, you know, best WWE superstars. You know, yeah. he he came in. You know, a lot of people have been big fan of him. Omos man, he's a really tall guy and and he's he's hard to he's hard to defeat. And Randy or Matt Riddle having this Perry winning the Raw Tag Team Champion would be great, and it will in Las Vegas they will be super excited. You know, if that happens, so I'm going with RK bro. The yeah. SmackDown Tag Team Champion, the Usos versus Rey and Dominic Mysterio. You know, I'm going to have to go with the Usos. I think it's a no-brainer. You know, Ro- being part of Roman Reigns, the bloodline, you know, they have to all hold gold. And it just makes sense that the Usos retain so the bloodline can be strong. And they will, you know, continue to dominate SmackDown. So, I'm going to go with the Usos. Yeah. Uh, Seamus versus Damian Priest. I think Damian Priest, you know, he could win, you know, because he is, you know, he could be a new face and you could build him up. But I'm going to go with Seamus. I think he's doing a great job. As a heel, and he's a really great heel. So I'm gonna just go with Sheamus. I just think he deserves to still have the United States Championship. He's been doing a great job, and he just deserves this. I'm gonna go with Sheamus. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Ooh, this is a uh, this is a dream matchup. Their promo that they built has been great. It's is and and I'm so excited for this match. You know, but I'm gonna go with Edge. I think his story. You know, you know he had to retire in 2011, had neck fusion surgery, came mm-hmm. back you know, a lot of doctors said that he might not ever come back. He had to retire due to that. And he came back in the 2020 Royal Rumble. Everybody was shocked. You know, then he had this match at Backlash versus Randy Orton and Edge was called the greatest wrestling match ever. Mm. And then unfortunately, he got injured. And then he missed a lot of time. He came back to the Royal Rumble. He won the Royal Rumble. He main evented WrestleMania with the Tribal Chief and also Daniel Bryan, which right now we're not sure. There's rumors that he's going to be in AEW. But those three main evented and, and the head of the table won, Roman Reigns. But now his, this is his first SummerSlam match, I think, since he's retired. He's not, you know, he's been a really long time. It just makes sense for him to win this kind of big stage match because of his story. So I'm going with Edge. Mm. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. So you know, I should say Drew McIntyre because he's like a top baby face. But I feel like if they if Drew McIntyre lost, I don't think it's going to be a big loss because he's already like I think if he loses, he it has to be from interference, right? Because yeah. So okay, so let me make this clear. So yeah, I think if he does lose, I guess it is a. Big deal because you know he is a top star. But yeah. if Jinder Mahal wins, it's gonna be a bigger thing because also you know, rep that Indian nation because I'm repping that Indian you know blood, so I gotta go with my boy Jinder Mahal. I think he should win. I think it's gonna elevate his career if he beats a guy like Drew McIntyre, who's one of the top uh superstars in the company. So, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked that Drew McIntyre won. But I think if Jinder wins, it has to be through like a distraction. But it because I don't if he beats if he beats Drew clean, that that, that doesn't look good. He ha- he's a heel Drew's a baby face so I think uh, Jinder Mahal has to win you know as uh through interference so I'm gonna go with Jinder Mahal is gonna win but it's gonna mm-hmm. be uh, possibly some interference comes Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie like Alexa Bliss is doing a great job you know with this kind of gothic character that she has but you know this storyline has not been built great you know I'm not a fan of this is is kind of with the doll and and then even Maria Slaps do drop. Like the storyline was not built good at all. Like, and it's not their fault. They're, these are incredible wrestlers. Um, but you know, this is more on the creative team. You know, they they haven't been doing. You know, uh, I don't think they've done a good job building the storyline. But I'm gonna go with Alexa Bliss. You know, she hasn't really lost in a long time. It just makes sense that she continues to win. Yeah. The match I'm most looking forward to SummerSlam. There's two. One is Sasha Banks and Bianca Blair. I think it's because of what they did in WrestleMania. Um, main eventing WrestleMania and the, their match exceeded all expectations. Now we get a part two. I just... That's, I'm, everybody's excited for that match, you know. It's going to be yeah. a... It's going to be a big... It's a big money-making match. Then, my favorite one, the main event, John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Why? I mean, they're just... I'm mean, Listen to the names. John Cena, the most decorated WWE superstars possibly yeah. of all times. If he wins the match, he's going to break the record and get 17 championships. If Roman Reigns win, he beats one of the top stars in the industry. This This match is just... It's a match made in heaven. We wanted this. We got it. Um, and I'm excited um, for the main event. Um, so those are my two favorite matches uh, for this summer. I can't wait, you know, uh, this Saturday. Is, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to topic number four. The Premier League started on August 13th. Both Manchester City and Chelsea are the favorites to win the league. Can Chelsea take the title from the defending champs? So, Joshua, what's your thoughts on the top four and bottom three prediction?
1: Yeah, but just to answer the first part, I do not think Chelsea can take the title. I feel like they have a good roster, but I just can't see them topping Man City. Like, Man City's team is too good. They had a good run last year. They did win the Champions League, but I just can't see them doing it again or even contending this year. Uh, My top four prediction, I have to say, in order right now, it'd be Man City, second Man United, third Chelsea, and fourth I give it to Liverpool. I feel like Liverpool has had a tough season last year, and I feel like, They got some players back from injury, so I feel like they can put a decent run up and contend this year. Now, relegation, I have to say Norwich, Newcastle, and Watford; Those are teams that have been up and down for the past couple of years, and I just don't think that they have enough to stay in the league. Newcastle has been kind of like flirting with relegation for the last two seasons. I feel like this is their time to go down. I just can't see them staying up this year. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, So, what are the surprise teams? I feel like Leicester, West Ham maybe. Even Brentford, like, those are teams that I feel like have put up, like, you know, a fight in the last couple of seasons. Specifically, and they can surprise people, right? Yeah, specifically West Ham and yesterday, they were both uh, right there for top four until the end of the season. So I feel like they can really do something. Brentford has just been newly promoted. They beat my team last week in kind of embarrassing loss. But I feel like they're, they're showing that they belong here and that they'll maybe surprise some people and stay up this year, which I think they will. So, yeah. Totally, totally, for sure. Uh, teams with the most pressure? I feel like it's Man United and somewhat Chelsea. Man United, they made some big signings. They signed Varane from Real Madrid. They signed Sancho, two top players, and I feel like their roster, the way it's constructed, is set to contend for a title. So I feel like if they don't win this year or if they don't even contend this year, fans will look at it as a failure because they expect the best and they want the best. And the signings, they got to contend this year. And Chelsea, they did just win the Champions League, so I feel like people are expecting them to do really well this year, and I feel like they can contend. I don't think they'll win it, but I feel like they'll put up a good fight. You know.
0: Okay, so let's go on to the next one. Player, player with the most pressure.
1: It has to be Jack Grealish. Like he left his he left his club Aston Villa for 100 million, and he wanted to play for Man City, which is arguably one of the best teams in the world. And I feel like he has to like put his foot down, you know, and make his presence felt because I feel like people are looking at him like they don't think that he'll get into the team. They don't think that. He can be a consistent figure in the side, and I don't think he can either. I feel like he had it all asked and really he just wanted to, you know, win trophies. But the question is get play time? So, I mean, I feel like he has to prove to the world that he belongs there and he's ready to to play on that level. The manager with the most pressure? I feel like it's Mikel Arteta of Arsenal. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a tough last two years, finished eighth consecutively. And I feel like fans, me included, I feel like the team is on a, a downward slope. We lost the opening game to a newly promoted side and we're playing Chelsea and Man City coming up and I don't feel like we can win those games so that'll be zero points in three games and mm. that's not good. I feel like he has to he has to step it up. He made some signings but I just don't think like his job is safe. I feel like he's he's gone.
0: So you think if this team doesn't, you know, at least reach their expectations that he could be out on the hot seat?
1: Yeah, I feel like by December, maybe January, like if he's not in the top six or up there in that area, he's he's gone because he, he's had two years, he's had time, and just hasn't been working. I'm surprised yeah. he, he didn't even stay in the job for this long, to be honest with you.
0: That's true. A lot of coaches and, you know, managers, you know, unfortunately they get the blame, right, for yeah. uh, this kind of thing. Same thing I was saying with Doc Rivers, you know, I think he's, he's potentially on the hot seat, but definitely an interesting take. Um, uh, But it does, you know, it's unfortunate that the the these coaches and managers are usually on the hot seat, but that's just how how, how it is with sports. Yeah. Thoughts on transfers?
1: Uh, it's it's been an interesting window. Arsenal spent the most, one hundred twenty nine million. Some signings that are a bit controversial, but I feel like in the end they'll they'll make the presence felt and they'll settle into the side. Man United signed Verona and Sancho, As I said before, like I feel like those are two big players. And they'll make a big impact right away. So I feel like those are the two biggest teams that have done the most in transfer window, and I feel like you know they'll they'll get something done. Also, Messi on a free to PSG. We talked about that in a previous episode and I'm still like shocked it even happened, but you know, I guess it's just a sign of the times, you know, no one stays at a club forever, So I guess, you know, players move on. So I guess the fans have to as well. All right, for the next topic. quiet was cursed at by a young fan at a summer league game and the father who was there recording <laughs> encourages it. So what's your reaction to the video and what are your thoughts on some other bad fan interactions and what do you think they can do to lessen these problems?
0: So when I saw um, the video, I was actually surprised to see it, you know, a, a father encouraging his son, you know, to say "f you, f you," you know, to yeah, to to Kawhi. Um, and I think it's he is a Spur, uh, the they are Spurs fans, right? So, you know, there's that saltiness for Kawhi Leonard leaving them the way he did. You know, it wasn't you know Kawhi he left and didn't look like the best way. You know, he's yeah. pretty quiet when he left. But at the end of the day, I kind of heard like Stephen A. Smith say this: Can you blame him? Yeah, it's true. For going to La La Land, like Los he Angeles, he's that's his home. But at the end of the day, he he was he won the MVP. You know, he was a champion mm-hmm. with San Antonio. San Antonio, they'll be fine. They won five championships. Let the Clippers get a title. You know, um. But I was shocked. You know, you shouldn't encourage this kind of behavior. You know, I understand Spurs fans are still upset, but this is I think to another level. You know, th- to encourage this yeah, too far to say you can. Boo-, you know, when a guy comes right, like oh, Kyrie came back to Cleveland, he got booed. You know. Okay, that's expected. But, you know, to curse at somebody, uh, would you like it if somebody said that to you? You know, Mm -hmm. probably not. But Kawhi is that kind of guy. Probably didn't even mind Kawhi. You know, he's such a quiet guy, but you don't really hear these kind of things with Kawhi. Like, oh, this kind of thing happened. But it's unfortunate. Like a father should encourage this behavior from his son and post like I think he posted on social like, oh, my son's a savage. You know, you shouldn't be saying that, you know, you should encourage him not to do this, you know. Um, every you know everybody wants to be treated with respect. There's some things that cross the line, and this crossed the line. At the end of the day, unfortunately, Spurs. Um, I know you're a Spurs fan. Um, yep. unfortunately, they don't look like they're getting to the playoffs next year. Yeah, the Clippers look like the Clippers. Kawhi is hurt, you know, but the Clippers yep. look like still have chances to be title contenders as long as Kawhi is healthy. But mm. uh it's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, these kind of things don't happen again. But you, know, you just can't encourage this kind of behavior. Yep. And and any we saw a lot of other bad interactions. I mean, we saw it throughout the playoffs. a uh, fan spits on Trey Young. Yeah. And, and, and like that's 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 disgusting. Too much. A 76ers fan, you know, throws popcorn at Russell Westbrook. Um, three jazz fans banned for racial insults directly towards John Moran's family. I mean, that's just that's even that's yeah. passing the line, you know. There's no room, you know, for racism in, in the yeah. in the world. And for them to do that to John Moran's family is so upsetting. Um um and, and then a fan runs on the core in game six sixers and wizards you know looking at all these kind of things you know it's been happening and I, I think about it like think about this as a fan if if you're spitting on on Trey young what if Trey young did that to you would you like yeah. it you know what I'm saying like NBA players don't get no protection you know when it comes to I like, like I saw Russ you know when they when that popcorn was thrown on him he was ready to like yo like who yeah. did that he was going to buy his gonna he's gonna fight and, yeah and like but the players can't do anything now if the player touches the fan now the player gets a fine yeah and and this happens but when a fan does it why is the fan excused you know i know he pays for the ticket but you can't he or she you know whoever the person is pays for the ticket but like that's inexcusable like the players deserve more protection
1: yeah
0: I agree. um and the nba has to do something about it i think what you can do is just ban them for life or ban them for like a year you know hopefully yeah. that will teach them maybe even you know you know throw them into jail if, if needed. You know, there's some things that cross the line. Yeah. At the end of the day, these are human beings. They have emotions. just because, they, you know, they get paid the big bucks. They get to the, pay the big moolah. You know, you can't be doing things like that. You know, you know, if, like I said, if somebody did that to you, you know, you wouldn't like it. So let's, let's stop this. You know, we just want to yeah. enjoy the game of basketball. Let's, uh, these players have blessed us, allowing us to watch them play at such a high level every day. And we, we, you know, let's just continue the entertainment and, um, and these kind of fans, you know, if they if they pass the line, you know, they should be banned. Some high measures should be taken because I don't think if they take a low, like not too many uh, high measures, I think these things will happen again and again yeah. and again, right? So it's unfortunate, but hopefully the NBA can and do something about this, man. I just, the players deserve more protection.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like it's it's been getting too far and I feel like we're like one step away from something really bad happening, like a player retaliating. You Know who knows, yeah, and, and can you blame like, them too, right? Yeah, like, can. if they
0: did it and yeah. you're in an emotion, like, I don't want somebody to spit on me, throw popcorn yeah. at me, that's just that's just wrong, yeah. It's really
1: got out of hand. I feel like the police I really have to step in because I feel like fans really don't care about getting banned. Like, they'll take their 15 seconds of fame, they'll take their little moment of being, you know, being in the limelight, that and is I feel true. like they don't really care about the punishment because a, be a ban is just an extensive
0: punishment, or- yeah,
1: because you can still <laughs> watch the games on TV, that's really not a problem. You gotta either find. Or really, like, enforce some jail time. Because I feel like, maybe not jail time, but even, you know, like, some, like, detention or something along those lines. Because I feel like these fans, like, they don't care. And I feel like it's getting worse and worse. And the banning hasn't been, been in, the in like, the system for years. And I feel like fans, they don't care. So, you know, something has to, like, be done. Because I feel like they can't, like, put, like, you know, like, a wall blocking the fans from the courts and like that. Like, like, that would be too much. But what can they do? You know, I feel like there's nothing that they can really do. They can just level up the police force. And just hope that fans, like, just have some sense and just be respectful, you know?
0: Totally. So, you know, this concludes uh, the second episode of the Straight Sports Podcast. You know, thank yep. you for tuning in. Thank you. Um, uh, We will continue to have more and more episodes. Um, uh, Thank you for the support. And uh, let's go, Clippers. Kawhi tape. <laughs> All right. Later. Peace.